Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some of the church. Anybody ever been harassed by the enemy? Herod had made himself the enemy of the church. He was the ruler of the land. He represented all the power of the government. It's, it's bad enough when you have an invisible enemy harassing you. But this was a visible enemy that was harassing the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. Now, so when he arrested him, verse 4 says, he put him in prison, delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after the Passover. Peter is locked up. Peter's voice has been silenced, at least for now. Herod was continuing his attack and assault on the people of God. But verse 5 says that while Peter was kept in prison, prayer was offered to God. That phrase seems almost anticlimactic. Prayer was offered. I don't know. Well, you just say it like that. You kind of get the picture of these nice little praying hands that, you know, are on these painted images and people wear around their neck and little prayer was made, this solemn, sacred prayer. I would submit to you today that there was a very powerful prayer that was made by the church and prayer is always a prerequisite to deliverance and God wants to do a work of deliverance in this place today God wants to release miraculous power in this place so if you are here and you want God to do what he wants to do this is a day of deliverance look at your neighbor and tell him this is a day of deliverance Now, some of you, some of you, uh, some of you almost didn't make it. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but some of you almost didn't make it here today. But God brought you here because He wants to do a miracle in your life. I don't believe there's one person in this room that's here by accident. This church is advancing on the principality and the powers of the kingdoms of darkness in this region. This church is making advances, and the enemy is not happy about it. I, 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 I'll share with you briefly something I shared with Brother Johns before the first service and shared with Brother Jury on the way uh, from the airport. When I left this church two weeks ago, when I left here after preaching on that Sunday, I got on the airplane. I hadn't even departed. And uh, there was just, a, 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 I didn't recognize it at first as a spiritual attack. I thought it was about to be a physical attack. A man on the plane uh, started cussing at me and, and screaming at me for, I mean, no apparent reason. Uh, just, just literally lost his mind. A businessman. Uh, looked very well dressed, had colleagues that were traveling with him. His colleagues were absolutely astonished.
astonished. He was screaming in my face. He was slamming his hands against the seat that I was sitting in. And uh, it, it was, I've never, I've flown for years. I've never had anything like that happen. In my flesh, I wanted to turn around and break his face. Uh, but thankfully, uh, <laughs> we just come from a day of services. Now, if he had caught me on a Thursday... <laughs> Uh, but I recognized it as a spiritual attack and he was screaming at me all kinds of profanities and uh, calling me all kinds of names and uh, uh, finally I just turned and I looked at it and he, he, was, he, he was saying crazy, crazy things to me. He's telling me I'm not gonna, you're not going to get comfortable and you're not, you're, you're, you've come into my space and you're going to get out of my space. And I mean, it was just, it was crazy. It was crazy. I didn't lay hands on him. I probably should have either cast the devils out of him or cast him out of the plane. But I, I, I turned around and I just put my finger in his face. I said, you're going to shut up and sit. I'm, I'm sorry, there's kids in here. But I said, you're going to sit down and you're not going to touch my seat again. You're not going to touch me. And I sat in the chair and he, he sat down and just looked like that. And from that day forward, for seven days in a row, I was under spiritual attack. Every single day marked spiritual attack. And, it, and the words of that man kept echoing in my ear. You're not going to get comfortable. You're not going to get comfortable. You're in my space. You're in my space. And, and I just felt in the Holy Ghost when I came back here. And as the week went on and I was praying and seeking God, I, I, more understanding came about what was happening. And, and I still don't even know what it all meant. But I do know this. I do know this, that there's some big things that are about to bust loose at Atlanta West. And, and the enemy is not, if the enemy can use some crazy businessman on a plane, no doubt, there's no telling what the enemy's using in your life right now to try to bring you back and try to distract you from what God wants to do. I feel like we ought to lift our voice one more time. Come on, I know you've been standing a while, but we're just going to flow in the Holy Ghost today. If that's all right, you ought to lift your voice one more time. You ought to lift your hands, uh, and you ought to raise your voice, and you ought to pray down every spirit of darkness. In the name of Jesus, I come against every spirit of attack. I come against every spirit of darkness. Uh, I come against every power of bondage that the enemy would try to put on the people of God. I pray right now against every human spirit, every carnal spirit, every spirit of intimidation and fear that the enemy would try to use uh, to keep us outside, Lord, of your best for us. Uh, Lord, I pray right now that you would release your power in this place. Uh, I pray that you would release a work of deliverance in this place. In the name of Jesus, do the work that you have come to do uh, and we'll give you praise. Clap your hands uh, and somebody lift up a loud voice of praise to God. Come on, somebody lift up a loud voice of praise to him in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
in Jesus' name, you can be seated. I've come to preach uh, this morning. I, I feel a, an urgency in my spirit. I, I felt it stirring for days leading up to this service and to these this pair of services this morning that God has come to do a work of deliverance today. God has come to do, a, he has come to set captives free today. Whatever has bound you, whatever has bound you, no matter the length of time that it has bound you, I've come to declare that today is a day of deliverance. You're here. The power of God is here. And I feel faith even as I make this declaration at the very beginning of this service. There is going to be a release of deliverance, a release of new life. If you feel that and you believe that, you ought to clap your hands right now and you ought to add your amen to it. You don't have to wait for a particular part of the service, but you ought to clap your hands and say, Lord, we're ready to receive it. I've come to preach that no matter how broken you are, God can deliver you from brokenness today. No matter how bound you are, God can deliver you here today. And I've come to tell you that God, no matter what you have been bound and broken by, that God is going to bring redemption out of that thing if you will allow him to. There is nobody like our God. Do you know that to be true? Uh, there is no God like our God. There is nobody like Jesus. Uh, there is no power in the universe uh, that can take something that is broken, uh, that is abused, and that is misused uh, and can turn it into something beautiful, valuable in his kingdom and in his economy. Uh, but I've come to declare today that what God is going to do in this service uh, is he is going to take a situation uh, that you thought was useless, uh, that you thought was purposeless, uh, that you thought was full of nothing but pain and disappointment. Uh, and through the power of God, he is going to bring redemption out of that thing. I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody ought to just lift up your voice right now and you ought to make a declaration of faith in this place. I, I don't know what has you bound, but I'm preaching to anybody that's bound by anything. Uh, some of you checked out because you thought, well, he's preaching about deliverance, so that's for the, uh, the dirty, rotten, rank sinners that are here today. Look at your neighbor and say, that's you, buddy. Some of you checked out because you thought, well, I'm not, you know, I wasn't shooting up before I walked into the service. I wasn't this or that. Well, let me just clarify, okay? I am preaching to the dirty, rotten, rank sinners that are here. I, 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 I'm preaching to all of you that are here because we're all sinners saved by grace. But there may be those that are here that you are bound by sin and you are bound by chains of addiction that you've tried to break free from. You've made sinful decisions. You've made sinful patterns your way of life and you're suffering as a result of those sinful patterns and the cycles of sin. Some of those cycles of sin that were passed down to you from your, from your generations previous in your family and you're just repeating that cycle of sin in your own life. And if you're bound, I've come to preach deliverance to you you today that God can deliver every sinner in this room God can deliver every addict in this room God can deliver everybody that's bound by any type of sin or addiction in just a moment he can do it in this service I wish I had one or two or three former addicts that would clap their hands and would let them know that hey God did it for me 
I, I know you may be ashamed to admit it, but God, if he ever delivered you, you ought to just wave your hand right now as a testimony of faith that if he's done it before. I said, if he's done it before, he can do it again, and he's in this place to do it again. You may not know it, but there are people in this room that were hooked on heroin, hooked on meth, hooked on cocaine. You got people in this room that were drug addicts and abusers and alcoholics. But I've come to tell you what brings us in common, what brings us together in a community is the work of Jesus Christ in our life. That we have been all bought with the same precious blood of Jesus. We have been forgiven and we have been set free by the power of the Holy Ghost. We are all sinners saved by grace. I wish you'd look at somebody near you and say, I'm a sinner. <laughs> See that? Some of you hardly could do that. Your tongue about fell out. You couldn't even admit it. You think you're so holy and righteous and good just sitting there and <laughs> look out now. We're all sinners. We're all sinners. We're all sinners, but I haven't just come to preach to those that are bound by drugs and alcohol and those that are bound by all kinds of sin situations, but I've come to preach to believers that are bound. How many know we've got too many believers that are bound? We've got believers that are in bondage and believers that are under the power of strongholds. Strongholds. We sang about it in that last song. I had no idea what they were going to sing and they had no idea what God had put in my heart to preach, but I'm preaching to believers that are bound by spiritual strongholds uh, and you've been bound for a long time uh, a, a stronghold it's a, it's a mindset uh, that's impregnated with hopelessness uh, with a feeling that it's never going to get any better and I'm never going to do any better uh, it, it, it's, this, it's this feeling of hopelessness that this situation uh, is absolutely unchangeable uh, and, and yet in our minds we realize many times that the situation may be contrary to the will of God and the plan of God uh, but we accept it as something that is unchangeable and something that, that, that there is no hope uh, for anything different or anything new. We want it to be better, but we don't know how it's going to get better. I'm preaching to believers here this morning. Uh, the, uh, Simon Peter was a believer among believers, uh, but he found himself locked up and in prison in our text. Uh, and I've come to tell you that Jesus Christ can still set the captives free, uh, whether you're a believer or a non-believer. Simon Peter was in prison. Herod had attacked the church. He had come against the believers in the church and he had persecuted the church and then he had went on to kill one of the early. One of the early believers, one of the early disciples, scripture tells us he executed him by the sword. And that pleased the people so well. That pleased the Jews so well that he had executed this man of God. It's a dangerous situation. When, polis, when politicians start pandering to carnal people. <laughs> I'm not preaching politics to you today. I'm just telling you that we live in a messed up world. We live in a world, and I'm not a doomsday preacher, but it's not getting any better. The hope of the world is the church. It's 
so he cuts off James, the brother of John, this early believer, he cuts off his head and it pleases the people so much, but he probably should have just let well enough alone. He had attacked the church, uh, but but you know, sometimes you just get pushed and sometimes you get provoked uh, and you, you try not to respond. Anybody ever said this or something like this before? Don't do it again. Guilty. Don't, don't, don't say, maybe a parent of a kid. Don't say, don't talk to me like that again. Well, I'm sorry, this is on video. It's not allowed anymore. Now, honey, I know you're just expressing yourself. That's what we're supposed to say these days, right? Yeah. Shut the camera off. I'm going to express myself. <laughs> uh, where was I? Um, we, no doubt most of us have made statements like that. Don't do it again. Don't, don't mess with me again. I made one two weeks ago on the airplane very similar to that. Uh, don't, don't, don't mess with me again. Don't, don't push me again. I remember when I was in school, uh, I, there, was a, there was a kid who he kept picking on me. I was in middle school. He kept picking on me. He kept messing with me. He kept, he kept bothering me. He kept, I, I, was a, I was a little guy uh, growing up. And, and I mean, in ninth grade, I, I was like five foot one, maybe five foot two on my tippy toes and about 90 pounds dripping wet I mean I was I was a little guy I was a late bloomer and man I got picked on these these bullies I mean now I don't even there's all this anti-bully man where was that when I was growing up that that this we needed that anti-bullying campaign you know 30 some years ago but I, I I'd get picked on and there was this boy he kept messing with me his name was Tommy Hewlett I'll never forget he kept messing with me he kept pushing my butt he kept is it Tommy is not here is he some of y'all laugh when I said, "Is it? Oh my God, Tommy, come here. I'm going to meet you out at the playground after this. We're going to finish this. Uh, Tommy, Tommy Hewlett kept messing with me. He kept, he kept, he'd push me. He'd come up and, and I kept telling him to stop. I kept telling him to stop. And, and, and I didn't want to fight, not because I was some big, bad, tough dude is because I usually got beat up. So I didn't want to fight. And, uh, I know you're, you're not supposed to laugh. You're supposed to say, Oh, like you're supposed to be. <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, sometimes you learn to fight when you have to. I'm not, just, I'm not talking about physical fighting either. I'm, uh, spiritually, you learn to fight sometimes when like, like Herod did, when the enemy just keeps provoking, keeps provoking. And, and, and you know the best way I learned how to fight in middle school? Not because I wanted to. I've never started a fight in my life. Not in my life have I ever. But I got in a lot of them because all these chumps kept wanting to pick on me because I looked like an easy target. I mean, five foot, you know, barely nothing. You're an easy target and they're going to show off and, and they're going to beat up the little kid, man. And it still kind of bothers me to this day. You can tell. No. And, and, and so I, I had to learn to fight because just for to defend myself. And, and I learned to fight by tasting my own blood. It just you know you don't you taste that a couple of times and you know you don't like it and you don't want to do that again. And so I finally I got fed up with Tommy. I said that's it, Tommy. Said, it, it's on. He, and he just laughed at me. He thought it was funny. Oh yeah, it's on. Well, I'm not. Uh, trying to glory in something that happened in middle school, but we met on the bike path after school, and and there was a there was a police officer off duty that was on his bike coming by that pulled me off a of Tommy, and when he pulled me off a of top man, I was tuning his face up, just beating him like a clown, and and and, and you know what? 
crazy thing happened. Crazy thing happened. Tommy never messed with me again after that. Tommy never, he never hit me with a book in history class. He never messed with me again. Do you know some of y'all need to do like that with the enemy? Some of y'all need to do like that with the enemy. Herod was attacking the church. He was provoking the church. He was attacking the church and he wouldn't leave them alone. Some of y'all let the enemy attack your family. Some, let, some of you let the enemy provoke you in your home and then you come into church and don't do anything about it. Some of you let the enemy attack your kids and then you come into the house of God and sit there like a bump on a log and don't... I'm telling you, this is the place we fight. How many know that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God of the pulling? Down? How many know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, uh, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness uh, in this world and spiritual wickedness uh, in high places? I, I don't know what you've come for today, uh, but I've come to serve the adversary. Notice uh, that just like Herod did, uh, you have messed one too many times. Uh, you have picked one too many times. You have provoked one too many times and the church is not going to take it anymore. The Bible says that he killed one and he threw Peter in jail and Peter's in prison but I've got news for you. Even though Peter is in prison there is powerful prayer that can reach behind prison bars and I've come to serve this church notice this morning that prayer is always a prerequisite to deliverance that if you want God to loose a delivering work in this place you gotta get your voice involved somebody needs to lift up your voice and a loud voice and begin to declare some things begin to declare deliverance begin to call on the name of Jesus I feel like we ought to take a break and do it right now. Somebody lift up your voice uh, all across this place. Uh, somebody lift up your voice and begin to powerfully uh, speak the name of Jesus. Uh, somebody begin to declare deliverance uh, in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift up your voice for just a minute. I feel the Holy Ghost wanting to break through here today. Lord, I pray right now that you would release your people today. I pray that you would release the bondage of your people in this service. I pray there would be deliverance today. I pray that there would be deliverance not only from sin, but I pray there'd be deliverance from fear. I pray that anxiety, God, prisons of anxiety would be broken open today. God, prisons of depression would be broken open today. God, prisons of spirits of infirmity, God would be destroyed and cast down in this service today in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. He was in prison, but prayer was made. Some of you are gonna be able to say that after this service. I came in bound, but prayer was made. I came in broken, but prayer was made. I came in addicted, but prayer was made. There is a power in this place that has been produced not by my message, not by my preaching, but by some prayers that have been going on long before you got here. Some prayers that have been going on by the preacher, by the pastor, by prayer warriors in this church that have been praying over what God was going to do in this service today.
prayer, prayer, prayer. I want you to lift up your voice with me right now. I want you to lift up your voice and I want you to pray right now that every stronghold represented in this room would be broken. Uh, would you lift up your voice, every praying believer in this room, uh, would you lift up your voice and would you pray that every stronghold would be broken right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift up your voice and speak that word of prayer and that word of faith right now in the name of Jesus. 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 I want you to hear me right now. The enemy has lied to some of you and told you that he's destroying you, that he's gonna destroy your family. He's gonna destroy your health. He's gonna destroy your life. Can I just tell you that the enemy does not have the power to destroy a child of God. The enemy does not have the authority or the dominion to destroy a believer. Simon Peter was in prison. He was locked up, Brother Reyes. Uh, he was locked up, uh, chained down to soldiers, uh, and they told him, we're gonna cut your head off the next morning. Now, I don't know about you, but if I knew that my head was gonna get cut off the next morning, I wouldn't be able to sleep too well the night before. And not only was he told that his head was gonna get cut off, but he was chained to soldiers. Now, I love you, brother, but I don't wanna sleep chained to you. That'd be awkward, Okay. I'm glad you're here today, but I don't, I don't want to be chained down to, four, to any four of my friends. Pick any four of my friends. I don't want to be chained to them. I don't be... But he's sleeping sound. He, he's sleeping sound. Why is that? Because he knew as a believer, God had already given him a word that he was going to die later in life and told him how he was going to die. And so Herod says, you're going to cut my head off. God didn't say that's how I would die. And I'm young. God said I'd be old. So I'm thinking I'm going to get a good night's sleep because God's about to get me. Hear me, hear me, hear me. What the point is that you need to take away from this uh, is that you are, if you are a believer, there is nothing that hell can do uh, to destroy you. You are in the hands of the God that created you and the God that has saved you. You need to take a hold of that word and with it beat back every lie of the enemy that has told you it's over, you're finished, you're done because the devil can't touch you unless God lets him touch you. The devil can't take you out, Job, as long as you're believing in God and trusting in him. There is nothing he can do to destroy me. Simon Peter is locked up. He's chained up in prison. And the Bible says why he is in prison that an angel appears in that room. An angel appears in the prison. Thank God that his power is not kept out by prison bars. But an angel appeared in the prison. And the Bible says when the angel appeared in the prison, the, the angel came in, there was light, and the angel began to speak to him. Would you put that verse up there? Yeah, I think it's verse 7. An angel came into the prison, a light shone in the prison, and, and the word of the Lord began to speak to him. And the angel struck Peter on the side, and, and he said, get up. He, he just smacked him and said, get up. 
No, seriously, get up. <laughs> he, he struck him and he said, get up. You know, this is two, two, two in a row. You, you're a perfect example. You're a perfect example for this. He, he, he sits down. Now, you don't have a bad shoulder or anything. All right, all right just sit down right here. You're in pre- prison. You're locked up. And you get woken up by an angel. Now, all you married men know what that's like every day, right? My wife's not even here to give me the points, so y'all have to tell y'all have to tell her about it next time she's here. An angel wakes him up and says, "Get up! You're you're slow to wake up in the morning, aren't you? Yeah, you wake up kind of slow. One of those that need about a pot of coffee before you talk to anybody." Now, this is funny, but I want you to get this because he's illustrating the point perfectly. The angel strikes him and says, get up quickly. He says, get up, arise quickly. And some of y'all, did, you do, did he do it quicker that time? No. Y'all are oh, looking at him, thanking, it's, it's, thanking God it's not you up here. But hear me, that's what some of y'all are doing spiritually. That's why you can't get delivered. Hello, hello, testing one, two, three, because your pastor's been preaching to you, you've got great preachers in this church that have been preaching to you, you've had guest evangelists preaching to you, you've been hearing the word of God, and your attitude about responding to the word of God, and the light that only comes from the word of God, is about like his attitude getting up, you just kind of, I'm here. You, may, you might go down to the altar and pray. But if you do, you kind of like just drag your feet and act like you're God's gift to the altar call. You know, okay, I got, you got me here, preacher. You got me, all right. All right, God, you want to bless me? I'm here, but I ain't going to be here long because I've got to beat the Baptist to the restaurant, okay? And that's your attitude about responding to God and responding. You wonder why you're coming in bound and leaving bound. I, I, I touched on it two weeks ago. We got people coming to church uh, that are sitting on chairs uh, through powerful services uh, but are leaving unchanged, untouched, unsaved, unmoved. Why? Because they don't know how to respond to the word when they hear it. Uh, the angel said, uh, rise up, and he struck him on the side. You know, sometimes uh, now, striking him on the side, I don't know if it was a punch in the ribs. Uh, I don't know. You're a big dude. I won't punch you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it was a punch in the ribs, but, but the angel struck him and said get up quick get up quick and sometimes that might sting a little bit you know sometimes when the Lord gets your attention sometimes it might sting a little bit don't get mad at the preacher don't get mad at the pastor when you feel the sting of God's word just get up quick and respond to it when you no you gotta hear this you gotta hear this we, 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 our, our culture is full of limp-wristed pansies. Our, our culture is full of people with, with increasingly weak constitutions. You, you can't tell people anything these days without, oh, I'm offended. I, you, you violate. My goodness. We're, we're creating people that just, they don't, they don't even know how to function in life when somebody disagrees with them. You understand? Don't get mad when the word of God stings a little bit. 
We got people that change churches uh, like I changed church. We got gypsies for Jesus that are floating all around to this church uh, and that church. Why? Because I came to this church. I like that they had great worship, but that, that pastor, he preached a word. It stung a little bit. What do you want? Not everything is going to be whipped cream and strawberries, honey. If it's the word of God, you need to receive it in your spirit. I'm not trying to pick a church that fits with my way of life. I'm trying to adjust my life to comply with the word of God. And it may hurt sometimes. It may sting sometimes. But let it be. When I hear the word of God, I want to respond to that word. I'm preaching to people right now that you are in desperate need of deliverance. But your deliverance is hinging upon whether or not you can respond to the word of God and so the angel says get up quick now watch what happens when he gets up the Bible says when he rises up what happened what happened I don't think there's anybody physically in chains you didn't come in nobody came in here in handcuffs did you we've got some officers here they could probably provide some if we need but he rose up quickly and his immediate response, his faith-filled response to the word of God produced a partial miracle. Now, you got to get this because there's power in your response. It's not about just saying amen, amen. It's, it, it has nothing to do with whether the preacher's preaching good or not or, or making the preacher feel like he preached a good sermon. or that, That's... That, that, that's, that doesn't have anything to do with it. There's services that I've preached where everybody's responded great and I felt terrible afterwards because I didn't feel like I did my job. And there's services where I preached and nobody said anything and response was terrible, but I felt good afterwards because I felt like I did my job. It's not about affirming pastor or affirming the preacher. It, it, it's about adding your faith and your response to the word. And when you do that, there is something miraculous that takes place. When you do that, there is a partial victory. Now he is still in prison. He's still behind prison walls. Uh, the soldiers are still there sleeping, which is a miracle in itself. I probably could preach right here about people who sleep right through a move of God, but I won't, I won't preach that because I don't have time for that. But he, he smacks him on the side. He says, rise up quickly. And when he raises up, chains fall off of him. That's why some of you, even with your standing during the preaching, even with you lifting your hands uh, and clapping your hands, you're already feeling a little bit better. Uh, but I, I, don't stop there, though. Don't stop there because you're not totally where God wants you to be. Uh, you're still in prison. Uh, you're still behind bars. Uh, there are people who come to church. They lift their hands. They stand. They respond to some degree, but they still leave in bondage because they content themselves with partial victory. Just because the chains fell off enough for you to lift your hands doesn't mean you're free in the Holy Ghost yet. I've come to preach to you. You need to keep pressing. You need to keep hearing. You need to keep responding. The word of God is in this place right now. I want you to lift up your voice all across this room. Uh, lift up your voice. Uh, clap your hands or lift your hands. Uh, I don't care what you do with your hands, but you need to get your voice involved right now. 
Come on, get your voice involved right now. Come on, somebody lift up your voice. Somebody lift up your voice. In the name of Jesus. 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 There is light and there is word in this place right now. And some of you are feeling the compelling of his spirit. You need to respond to that right now. You need to respond to that right now. He smote him on the side and he said, get up quickly. And then the next thing he tells him, he says, put your clothes on and tie your shoes. In other words, some of you would love if a preacher came up and laid hands on you. Uh, that's why there are these people who, who chase, uh, chase these prophetic ministries and, and, and chase uh, the, these prominent world-renowned uh, preachers and, and they got these groupies that follow them all over the place. You know why? Because people are looking for a quick, easy fix. They want somebody just to lay hands on them and speak a word and, and pow, bang, zoom, and it's done. Right? And you don't have, well, that'd be easy. That'd be convenient. I get the blessing of God, don't have to change my way of life. That's nice. Hello? I, I, I get deliverance, but don't have to do anything. What? That's easy. God doesn't even save you without you doing something, without you getting involved. So why would you think uh, he could deliver you and you do nothing in the process? You, you got to repent of your sins to be saved. Uh, you got to be willing to go down in the water and be baptized in Jesus' name. Uh, don't think that he's going to be able to deliver you uh, and you not do anything to get involved. Uh, he smacks him and says, rise up quickly. Uh, and then he says, put on your clothes uh, and put on your shoes. Uh, in other words, get some faith involved. Uh, why would I put my clothes and my shoes on? Uh, because I'm still behind prison walls. Uh, because as you take every step of faith, uh, as you receive the word of God, and respond to what you know and hear the miracle becomes progressive my God some of you came into this place right now. You came into this service and you were bound. You were bound in your body, bound in your mind, and you've begun to feel some freedom in the Holy Ghost, but you're not there yet. So I'm telling you, you need to keep moving forward. You need to keep pressing. You need to keep hearing, and you need to keep responding. He said, get up and come on. And so the Bible says that they started walking, and you know what happened as they started walking? Doors miraculously started opening in front of them that tells me that when I will step out in faith on what I hear that God will change what I see that when I'm willing to step out in faith on what I hear and what I know to be true that God has the power to miraculously transform my circumstances right before my eyes oh come on who is God talking to right now who is God talking to right now somebody needs to lift up your voice you need to respond to the light of God's word respond to the voice of God's word right now I want you to lift up your voice all across this room. 
I'm asking everybody in this room, every believer in this room to help me pray right now in the name of Jesus, 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 I come against every attack of the enemy. I come against every distraction that hell has put in hearts and minds. I come against every wounding that would keep us behind prison bars. I come against every bondage, every enslavement to fear and I command it to be broken right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray right now that as your people respond to you that there would be a release of liberty in this place. I pray that those that have been bound for years would be set free. I pray that those that have been tormented for weeks would be delivered in this place right now in the name of Jesus. I want you to lift up your voice for just a few moments here. God's wanting to break through in this place. I feel a divine pause right here. I feel a divine pause. Somebody needs to lift up your voice for just a moment. I wonder what God could do in this place right now if you wouldn't care what somebody else thought of you. Uh, I, I know I'm preaching about a, a message about deliverance, uh, and so it's kind of taboo to do anything about that uh, because you don't want anybody to think you're in sin or you're addicted or any. I, I wonder what God could do uh, if we'd be like all those other people in the Bible that just responded uh, irregardless of what anybody's opinion was. Uh, I tell you what God could do right now. God could deliver somebody from grief. God could deliver somebody right now from fear. God could deliver somebody from depression right now. Come on, if you'll respond in faith right now, God wants to make a trade in your life. Uh, he wants to give you beauty for ashes. Uh, he wants to give you the oil of joy uh, in replacement for your mourning and your grieving. Uh, oh, God wants to give you righteousness. Uh, God's able to give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness uh, that has weighted you down. Come on, if you need deliverance of any kind, get as close as you can to this front. If you need a breakthrough of any kind, get as close as you can uh, to this front right now in the name of Jesus. Uh, Lord, I pray uh, right now. God, I pray the oil of joy for the spirit of mourning. God, there are people in this room that are in grief and mourning, and I pray that the oil of joy would replace that heavy mourning here in this place today. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray right now that you would give them the garment of praise, a new praise, a fresh praise in replacement for the spirit of heaviness that has weighted them. 
I'm asking every Holy Ghost filled minister in this, every spirit filled minister in this church, uh, every minister, every preacher, uh, every Holy Ghost filled uh, leader in this church, I'm asking for you to find somebody to help me pray with right now. There are people in this room that need the Holy Ghost uh, and God's already pouring it out. There's people in this room that need uh, various forms of deliverance. God's already doing it. Find somebody to. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want you to stay in that mind of prayer, but listen to what I'm about to say. There is a spirit of prevailing prayer that God wants to loose in this place. We felt it in the first service, and I feel it wanting to break out right now. There's a spirit of prevailing prayer that wants to break loose in this place. As Simon Peter kept walking, as he kept moving, the deliverance continued to progress. Each step that he took, another door would swing open. Another gate would swing open until he was completely delivered. And what I feel the Spirit saying is just keep pressing. Keep pressing. Keep praying. Uh, keep praying come on uh, right now would you lift up your voice uh, and would you lock yourself in uh, there is nothing else in your day is as important as this uh, would you lift up your voice uh, would you lock yourself in right now I'm asking every minister every Holy Ghost filled believer if you're not praying for yourself find somebody to pray with there's a spirit of fear that God wants to break in this church and I don't know who is bound by it, but there are many. And I want you to lift up your voice and help me pray specifically. If you're praying for other things, there's people that are seeking the Holy Ghost. Uh, there's some that have received it. Just, just but lift up your voice right now. We're going to pray against the spirit of fear. Lift up your voice all across this room in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray right now by the authority of your word, by the power of your name, that your perfect love would cast down and out every spirit of fear and that, God, you would replace it with a sound and stable mind. Lord, I pray against every spirit of anxiety. I pray against every spirit of torment right now. And, Lord, we loose your freedom and your liberty in this place in Jesus' name. We're not done yet, but if you felt like God has done a work in your life, if you have felt a healing, if you have felt a significant shift in a bondage that was in your mind, I want you to lift your hand right now. If you felt God do a certain work, if you felt liberty, freedom, just lift your hand and wave it right now. I want you to look at what God's doing in this place. Now, with that faith, would you lift up your voice again? We're in a season of prevailing prayer. We're in a season of prayer. <laughs> where God is releasing deliverance uh, as prayer was made. God was doing the work of deliverance. Lord, I pray that you would do it again. Uh, I pray that you would do it again.
There's a spirit of worship that wants to break loose here right now. Would you just lift up your voice and would you begin to give God praise if you know God is given freedom and liberty? Would you lift up your voice and would you just begin to give God praise? Come on, if you really feel liberty like you haven't felt in a while, there's going to be a worship that comes uh, that is a brand new worship. Uh, It's a brand new praise. Would you lift? We ought to raise the roof off of this place right now with worship, uh, with clapped hands and lifted voices uh, in the name of Jesus. Jesus. 